Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished professional from Sydney, Australia, Mr. Roger Christie. Roger, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Ash. Uh, Roger is the Managing Director of Propel, uh, which has its primary focus to help leaders on LinkedIn. He's the host of a podcast titled Your Digital Reputation. He's also the author of Your Digital Reputation newsletter and publishes the Digital Reputation Report. So Roger, before we talk about LinkedIn and the digital reputation and Propel, tell me about your own journey. Yeah, it's been an interesting one. And I think the reason I say that is where I am now today uh, technically didn't exist when I started my career journey, if that makes sense. So there was no line of sight there. Um, So I'm the founder and managing director of Propel, as you say, really focused around helping leaders on LinkedIn to build their digital reputation. But where that all started is a background in communications, working in public relations, uh, issues management, reputation management uh, for a lot of professional services firms. And I think through that got a real appreciation for uh, smart, knowledgeable people. Social media comes along and I'm thinking, well, how can we help those smart, knowledgeable people who have great wisdom to share with the world? How can we help them get that information to a wider audience? And so that's where my previous expertise and Mm. where Propel is now focused uh, in the LinkedIn space has come together. Fascinating. But let me me start by asking you, how do you define a digital reputation? That's a really good question. So if you think of your offline reputation, if I can call it that, Mm -hmm. think of that being the experience uh, someone takes from you when they meet you or, you know, when others talk about you, it's something that's quite intangible and certainly not something that you own. Mm -hmm. Your digital reputation is that same experience online. And so we know now, Ash, and, and you would know this well from your experience and the people you have on this show. If I'm trying to do research on someone, if I'm trying to find out more about them, the first place I'm going to go is Google. Yeah, And very likely the second place I'm going to go, if that person is active on LinkedIn, mm. is their LinkedIn profile, because that's the first result I'm going to see on Google. So your digital reputation is the sum of all the things that you say and do yourself mm. online. And importantly, and I think this is the key point, the sum of all the things that others say about you online. And so when we talk about your digital reputation, we always remind people that whether you like it or not, or whether you're active or not, you have a digital reputation. The important question you need to answer is, how am I going to respond to that? Oh, interesting. Thank you. And Roger, what are some of the common challenges a lot of leaders face when it comes to managing their digital reputation? Yeah, I think there's two main things. As The first one would be time. That comes up all the time. And the other would be fear. And I think if we address the second one, we actually end up addressing the first one. Mm-hmm. So when leaders aren't familiar with the space in which they're operating, so if they don't feel comfortable in social media, it's not you know native to them, mm-hmm. then naturally they there's a, a degree of skepticism or a degree of concern about what will happen if they pop their head up online. Mm-hmm. So that's a very common challenge that we face. And we help leaders through that by saying, this is really just another domain through which you can engage stakeholders stakeholders today. And when leaders start to invest their time in that space, listening, commenting, learning from others and building really important relationships, we find they actually sell themselves on the value of participation online. They see the impacts of that work. And naturally, that then addresses the first concern around time. And they spend a lot more time when they realize the the benefits they're going to get from that. Well said. And my next question is, how can a strong digital reputation impact a leader's career or their business? 
Yeah, and I think both those things together are important. So often we, you know, there's a lot of criticism around using LinkedIn as a bit of a self-serving platform. It's all about me, 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 and the the narcissists out there. But the reality is, it is about the leader and their organisation, and we look at both of those at the same time. So the benefits they can gain, if you think about it. What social media and what platforms like LinkedIn provide is this amazing ability to achieve intimacy at scale. Mm. So you can actually engage with audiences in completely different sides of the world, even when you're not there, that asynchronous engagement, you can actually scale your effort and leadership impact much, much further than you possibly could before. Mm. Whether that's talent, whether that's partners, whether that's media, whether that's investors, Mm. whoever your key audiences are, your ability to use social media can greatly scale and amplify uh, any efforts that you would normally do in the offline world. Mm. Well said, thank you. And uh, based on a lot of your own experience, what are some of the practical steps leaders can take to protect their own digital reputation? Yeah, it's it's a really good question because I think where leaders naturally gravitate towards isn't actually the best place to start. Mm -hmm. So we actually, one of our, I suppose, pieces of methodology at Propel, um, we focus on the five drivers of digital reputation. Now they are purpose, profile, listening, activity, and network. Mm -hmm. And it probably won't surprise you and people listening that the two things that people most commonly focus on is your profile because that's your shop front to the world. That's what everyone sees. And so we spend a lot of time focusing on our LinkedIn profile. And the second is activity, what we're posting, what we're putting out into the world. Mm. The truth is where leaders get their greatest value, where they can increase performance and where they can reduce risk is actually by focusing on purpose. So when we sit down and and work with a new client, the first thing we're going to talk about is defining their purpose, what their goals are, who their key audiences are and what matters to those audiences and what their personal passions and stories are. And if you can work those things out, you'll rewrite your profile. You'll engage and not engage with certain things on LinkedIn and you'll build a network that is really suited to you and and your agenda, what you're trying to achieve. So, you know, you spoke of purpose and profile. Mm. When it comes to profile, what are some of the key elements of a compelling LinkedIn profile for a leader? Yeah, it's a, I mean, there's some really simple things to start. And the first one is make sure you have a profile photo. It seems really trivial, but yeah. the amount of people who would upload a profile photo, uh, something that allows others to identify with you, and then, for example, have their profile visibility settings uh, set to the, um, the version that doesn't allow people outside their network to see that photo. And it's a massive opportunity lost. Yeah. No leader looks like an egg or a silhouette, if you can imagine that LinkedIn profile photo. So have your smiling face up there would be the first point. But I think there's a lot of little bits and pieces within your profile that people don't appreciate or utilize. One of the big ones would be your featured content. If you think of a LinkedIn profile, as you come down your profile, the very first opportunity you have to tell people the three things, the three themes, the three stories, the three ideas that are most important to you and what you stand for, that's your featured content. And then the next one, and I think leaders find this incredibly hard to do and at times uncomfortable, is their about section. A lot of people just put a shopping list of credentials and leaders have no doubt done some wonderful things in their careers, but you see that about section, it is not an opportunity to talk in the third person about the wonderful things you've done. It's an opportunity to get personal and to explain to people why you do what you do. And that that absolutely differentiates a good from a great profile. Thank you, good response. My next question is how can leaders establish credibility and thought leadership through their online presence? Yeah, again, a great question here, because I think we naturally, when we think about credibility around thought leadership, we immediately go to, what do I have to say to look smart? And I think the secret's actually in stopping, 
holding those views for a moment and listening. Mm. Any leader who listens to their key stakeholders online and understands the, the read of the room, the tone of the room, if you will, if they understand what issues are out there, what pain points, what the feedback and the sentiment is from their audiences, then anything that they say is going to land far more effectively. So my advice to any leader, if you want to build a thought leadership platform in a particular space on LinkedIn, and LinkedIn does reward niche authority, mm. listen first and listen to the audiences who you want to engage, understand where you can add value, and then go out there and start sharing your contribution. Mm. Thank you. And uh, what would you say are some best practices for leaders when it comes to engaging with their online community? Yeah, so the best thing we've already covered off, I think, is purpose. So if you can define that, honestly, you will set yourself up for much, much greater success. Mm. Spend at least half an hour. And we have a framework we call the Purpose Pyramid Framework. You can download it on our website. It is honestly the single best thing that people can use to set themselves up for success online. Mm -hmm. Once you've done that, Listening and commenting is actually a really good place to start. So in order to build confidence and competence online, we advise leaders, don't think you have to suddenly go in there and start sharing long form pieces of content. Don't mm. think you have to invest hours and hours into your LinkedIn efforts. Instead, mm. just start with the basics. Again, immerse yourself in, in the right uh, audiences, the right content from the right people. Listen, comment, participate, get familiar with the environment. And then when you're feeling much more confident, what we say is set regular time to participate in those online conversations. Mm. That doesn't mean regular time to post. It means regular time to listen, engage. And then when you have something to say, mm. leaders, they won't be able to hold back. Mm. They'll have sold themselves on it and they'll want to participate. Mm. And uh, when it comes to uh, balancing personal and professional aspects of their online presence, how should leaders handle that? It's a question that we've been asking for, I would say, the best part of 15 mm. years. And the reality is that the personal and professional lines, they're not blurred, they've been broken down and have been for years. And I think LinkedIn has sat at the epicenter of that for some time. Mm. The reality is the algorithm rewards personal content. So we need to accept that as a given. If we want to get um, the greatest reach impact impressions on our content, that we need to bring some level of ourselves. Mm. And if you look at the industry research and the industry data out there, the Edelmans of the world or the Brunswicks of the world, they talk to this need to get beyond the corporate script mm. and for leaders to instead focus on more mission, vision, values, mm. sharing what makes them tick and what they stand for. And we know that candidates and, and staff and investors and other stakeholders are drawn to that. Mm. Your LinkedIn profile and your LinkedIn efforts, that is the single opportunity that you have on the public social web mm. to tell your story. Mm. And what, what better way to do that in an environment that you control as opposed to mainstream media? So my advice to leaders is always find your own level of personal, mm. but know that when you bring yourself into the conversation, you're actually playing to the algorithm and you're playing to the things that people want to hear not what's on a corporate website. Well said. But the other aspect, Roger, of putting yourself out on a public domain, and I've spoken to some senior leaders, is that while there is appreciation of the work that you may be doing, there could also be a lot of negative feedback and criticism. How, do, big, how do senior leaders handle this? Yeah, well, it's a really good question and something that does need to be addressed. The thing that I'd say first is if we step back and think about this idea of digital reputation, mm. whether we participate or not, we have one. Mm. So because we don't personally, individually 
engage in these conversations certainly does not make them stop. The head in the sand approach mm. for social media does not work. Right. So if we accept that these conversations are going to keep going, my view is always you can only influence the conversations you're a part of. So it is far better to be active and knowledgeable and to feel confident and competent online than it is to step back and let others control your reputation. So if we accept that, that it makes more sense to participate, to protect our reputation, the best things we can do to actually mitigate risk online and to avoid some of that negativity and criticism, mm -hmm. it's actually less to do with what we say and it's more to do with how frequently we say it. Mm -hmm. And it has a lot to do with your network, the company that you keep. And we've seen time and time again, leaders who invest in their own presence and participate regularly and build a network of trusted, credible individuals around them, mm -hmm. those leaders one, face far less risk because they're surrounded by people who know and vouch for them. And two, when there is an issue that comes up and it may be something well beyond their control, mm. say, for example, the mainstream media is having an enormous attack on a particular leader. Mm. You can see what's happening in mainstream media and you can see the attack that's going on. And if you come back to their LinkedIn community, right. you actually find that that person is being well supported. So building that network asset is critical to protect your reputation and regular participation builds trust and credibility with audiences. Amazing. Thank you. Um, are there any specific privacy concerns that leaders should be aware of when they start using online platforms? Yeah, well, a client of mine has this wonderful saying, which is the common sense rule applies. And I think that's perhaps the best way to approach privacy. Yeah. Um, where, when we say that, what I mean is don't include personally identifiable information. Don't include birthdays. Don't include phone numbers. Don't include address details. And we have seen all these things, Ash, yeah. online. So it's a simple warning to people to be wary of those things. The common sense rule applies. Now, if you want to talk more about the technical back end of LinkedIn, then get an expert to run you through your privacy and settings to make sure that you're not inadvertently exposing your network, your connections, for example, to others out there who might be trying to sift through and, and filter data from your profile. Mm -hmm. So there's more technical things, but I think the basic one is common sense. If you don't want to uh, share information with the world, don't do it. Great response. Thank you. But at the same time, I also wanted to ask you, are there any ethical considerations leaders should keep in mind because, you know, ethic, uh, ethical considerations have now become very critical for most leaders. Yeah, I agree. And I think, again, going back to that purpose pyramid, that's a really key resource to help help you decide what to and what not to say, what conversations to or not to enter into. So that's the first thing I'd say. But in terms of ethics, I think leaders need to understand that there is an unfair level of attention on them, online and offline. Mm -hmm. And when I say unfair, it's simply because people gravitate towards leaders. So yeah. know that you do have extra responsibility when you're online because you will attract more attention. Mm -hmm. Knowing that is important. You then need to make decisions and hopefully they've made these consistently over the years to get to a position of leadership. Mm -hmm. You need to continue making decisions in the online world that reflect your values, beliefs, and what is morally and ethically right. And that shouldn't change online or offline. Definitely don't play to the popular vote. You'll, you'll get caught out. Very interesting. Uh, my next question is that, you know, a lot of older senior leaders who have been used to traditional media are now wanting to transition to a digital uh, media. What would your tips be? or what, your, what would your strategies be for such transitional leaders to manage their traditional reputation to a digital reputation. 
Yeah, look, I think if established leaders are thinking that and they're looking for uh, steps to to transition from the offline to the online world, one, I'd say hats off to them because I know a lot of, you know, what I would consider to be older generation leaders who find that terribly daunting. So the first thing is good on you. The second thing I'd say is it is a huge opportunity because if you think about all that offline equity, um, the relationships that they've built, the knowledge that they've built, the trust that they have with those stakeholder groups, when you start to take that online as an established leader, you're creating an asset that can then be passed on to your successor, that can be passed on to others around your workplace. The introductions you make through LinkedIn can be something that others benefit from for many, many years to come, even after you've left the organization. Yeah. So my advice to leaders is start small, know that the little steps that you take are going to have a fantastic impact on your successes and, and the, the broader organization. Start small, listen, learn, get comfortable, get advisors around you who can help you uh, provide extra information, provide extra insight and provide technical expertise. But don't feel you have to post every single day. Don't go in too hard. Just take baby steps. It, it will, will reap dividends in the return. Thank you. And how important is consistency to maintain a strong digital reputation. Consistency is key, but that doesn't mean posting every day. Consistency mm-hmm. means turning up every day. So we on, on the podcast, we have, and, and the newsletter actually, we have great conversations with leaders and, and tip in, tap into their insights and experiences. And there's one leader here, a government leader, a fellow by the name of Mike Kaiser. And Mike talks about the fact that he's a very senior bureaucrat. And he talks about the fact that he uses his commute time as a way to check into LinkedIn, see what others are saying, see what he can learn, see what he can support and, and what he might need to share himself in response. Mm. But he uses that commute time intentionally. So my advice to people is be consistent with your time for LinkedIn, but that doesn't mean you need to post every single day. Mm. Great, great response. And I've time for two or three more questions. Uh, how can a leader effectively respond to an online crisis or a reputation damaging incident? So again, ideally what we've done here is we haven't built our fort in the battle. We've actually done the the legwork beforehand. We've built that network. We've built a clear profile. We've Mm -hmm. done our purpose pyramid, all those sorts of exercises. They're going to act as crucial risk mitigants when the time comes. If you've done all that, one, you're going to massively reduce your risk profile, Mm. even if you still are looking head on into a crisis. The Mm. things that you can do, one, listen and listen really, really well. Mm. What that means is, yes, through the conversations that are coming directly to you, but also get your team to help run some social media listening to see what's happening in the world out there and give you insight around what the mood is, what the key issues are and what you can talk to. Mm. The second thing I'd say is don't go hiding. We see leaders who they may be, you know, what you call fair weather leaders online. So when times are good, when we've got great initiatives, we want to announce we're all out there and we're all active. And then all of a sudden, when there are any any remote issues, they disappear. People read into that, that inconsistency, that incongruence between the good and the bad uh, brings into question all the other things that you've done. So my advice to leaders is build those assets that are going to fare you well in times of crisis or times of issues and, and be consistent with your communication. Actually, there was there was a good example towards the end of last year here in Australia, and, and I know a lot of organisations around the world are facing cyber threats and cyber attacks. And there was one of our health insurers here in Australia who, um, uh, uh, a CEO called David Koskar, and, and David actually was very active, not just before they had a cyber attack, but actually during and after as well on his LinkedIn profile. And it was a great example to me of the ability to, to use this medium to connect with your immediate stakeholders and get information to them 
in your own voice and in your own time that actually helped, I suppose, um, spread information and reduce the amount of misinformation that was out there. Interesting. So uh, my next question is on your uh, podcast, The Digital Reputation and your newsletter and The Digital Reputation Report. Tell me a little bit more about the work you're doing in this area. Yeah, so I haven't written a book and I know you do love authors, so I'm sorry about that. I'll, I'll get on it <laughs> okay. after the podcast. Okay. But in terms of the the Your Digital Reputation podcast, it's a wonderful opportunity. Honestly, I get to sit down and I imagine a bit like you and hear leaders' stories every other week. And it's really good to get inside the heads of how they work, why they do it and where they've got major benefits. So that's the podcast and it's a really good insight into the way leaders work. Mm-hmm. The newsletter is much more practical. So the newsletter is designed to help leaders who might be at the early stage of their journey or advisors if you're advising a leader what are the practical steps I can take? You know, for example, reposting content on LinkedIn, please don't do it. It it doesn't work. We've got a great newsletter edition that's out there talking about reposting and the impact it has. Please don't. And the third one around the report is something we released annually. So last year we focused on the ASX 200, which is the CEOs of our 200 largest listed organizations here in Australia. This year, and actually coming out fairly soon, we'll have a a look into public sector leaders. So we're actually going to explore how public sector leaders use LinkedIn, how many do, how many don't, and what they find effective. And the reason being, Ash, because I think people who work in bureaucratic circles, they assume that this is a highly regulated, highly governed environment. We therefore can't be visible online. And we know there are some wonderful examples of leaders who do. So we're hoping to start a constructive conversation there. Wonderful. And my last question to you, Roger, and this is for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation. Based on your amazing understanding of LinkedIn and uh, digital, what would you say are three lessons you would want all our viewers and listeners to take away? So the first thing is purpose, purpose, purpose. I'll keep it. <laughs> and I know yeah. we're aligned on that. I think the Absolutely. importance of yeah. having yeah. a clear purpose online, it just it will make such a difference. And I do think it's the one thing that too many leaders overlook because we think about the corporate narrative. We think Mm. about the things that need to be said, Mm. not why we're saying them and what we stand for and what we want to contribute to the public social conversation. So number one, absolutely clarify your purpose. Mm. The second thing is listen. Mm. Leaders feel very uncomfortable listening um, in the sense that there's not time for it. And so I understand that we feel we need to get our message out rather Mm. than spend time listening to people. And again, I'll refer to Mike Kaiser, a great example of a leader who regularly sets time aside to listen to his stakeholders. And then when he delivers a message, it comes with much greater gravitas because he knows he reads the room beforehand. Mm. And the third thing is, and hopefully this will help leaders feel a bit more comfortable It doesn't need to be about the big, grand, fantastic, viral even post. You Mm. don't need to do that. You don't Mm. need to be overly vulnerable. You don't need to be overly dramatic. You don't need to be overly emotive. You just need to be yourself. Authenticity. So my third piece of advice to anyone who's looking into this as an opportunity, Mm. just be yourself. And that does require you to spend time looking into your purpose. But if you're an authentic person online or offline, you create consistency and that consistency breeds trust with your key audiences. Well said. And on that note, Roger, and your three amazing lessons, uh, purpose, which you said, you know, people must have a clarity of purpose online. Second, you said was listen, which is so important. A lot of us don't even think about listening. And the third one was so important, which is about authenticity, be present, be yourself, be authentic. Thank you so much for talking to me about your journey. Thank you for talking to me about Propel. Thank you for talking to me at such length about LinkedIn. I 
thought I had a big, you know, reasonable presence on LinkedIn, but I learned many new things from you today. Thank you for speaking to me and good luck. Thank you for the opportunity, Ash. Take care. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.